This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. If you have been following this podcast for any time, you have probably heard me mention my little ones before. Though I have never had the privilege of having any biological children, God has entrusted me with a number of his little ones and some bonus children who are absolutely the joy of my heart. These ones God has charged me with and given to me, I have poured my life into I've shared my successes and my failures, and above all, I have tried diligently to love them the way that God loves us. Now, there have been times, and many of them, when I felt like everything I've told them has gone in one ear and out, out the other. <laughs> More often than not, it has felt like most of them have never even listened or heard anything I've said at all. If any of you are parents, I'm sure you can relate (laughs) on some level. I don't see all of them or even hear from all of them often. Some of them I do. But during this past year, a number of them have come to visit and spend some time, which has been very, very cool. And as much as I enjoy being in their presence most of the time, the thing that has been most rewarding has been seeing how much each of them have grown and matured. That absolutely makes me smile. And it also reminded me that everything happens in its own season and at the appointed time. I can say in my own life that I have had the privilege of having a few people who poured their lives into me. And when I actually heard them and took their counsel, it changed my life. There have been times when I've been so frustrated with myself and I wondered, how did I not see that? Or why did I not listen? I've thought things would have surely been different if I had just listened or could have just learned some lessons sooner. And yet here I am, the woman that I have become today, who is the sum total of all of their impartation, all of their teaching and all of life's experiences, and I can say I am grateful for the journey that God has taken me on. Not everything that I have been through has been enjoyable, to be sure, but all of it together has come together to make me who I am, and I am grateful to God for what he has done with what I have given him. Solomon the king said in Ecclesiastes 3, Verse 1, there is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every matter under heaven. And one of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, where God says through the prophet, For I am God, and there is none other. I am God, and there is no one like me. I declare the end from the beginning And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying that my plan will be established 
and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. I love that scripture because it's a constant reminder to me that everything I face, God has already seen and known. And no matter what I go through, there is nothing that can stop his plan for my life from being fulfilled. And I rest in that for my little ones as well. Trusting that is always where the challenge comes in, especially when the things that we encounter or endure do not look like love to us. But believing what Paul said when he wrote the Romans in chapter 8, 28, and standing in that truth is one of the keys to our strength. He said, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it looks like. Another favorite scripture of mine actually is the entire book of Esther. You've probably heard me say that before. Whenever I read that book, it just jumps out at me and it unfolds like a movie. And of course, when I read scripture, it's always my goal not to just read it like some kind of entertaining story, but to really engage with the Spirit of God through it. So to think about it, consider it beyond just any artistic presentation or literary work, but to really engage with Jesus, who is the word, through it, right? So here's the Reader's Digest version of the story. Esther is a young girl who is orphaned very early in life. Then become because of her beauty, she gets taken to become a member of the king's harem. Now, this harem deal, here's how it goes. Once these girls are brought into this harem, they undergo a full year of beauty preparations so that they can go in and spend one night sleeping with the king. One night, okay? After they spend the one night, they go and become part of this second harem of women who would never again sleep with this man or any other thing unless he called for them by name. Not only that, if she ever even attempted to go into the king's presence without being called, she could be put to death. So after she got called out because of her beauty, she would and could never have any children or anything that looked like what would have been a family life unless she was called. Can you even imagine such a thing? And all of this while she was still in her teens, early to mid-teens, they say about Esther. Anyway, there's so much layer in this story. I'm telling you, if you haven't read it, you have to read the whole book. Esther was eventually chosen from all the other girls in the harem, and she became the queen. But she still lived a separated life from the king, who was her husband. Now, Esther was raised by her uncle, who actually was her cousin. That's a whole nother. And he was a proud Jew who would not bow to anyone. And there was this guy in the king's court called Haman, and he was absolutely irked that this Jew would not bow down to him. So he drafted this plan to not only have Mordecai killed, but every other Jew in the entire kingdom of Persia. And that would have included Esther, even though at that time, no one even knew she was a Jew. So Mordecai sends her word and tells her what's going on and tells her she has to go into the king to plead for their lives. Keep in mind what I told you. If she just voluntarily went into the king's presence without being called, she could be killed, even though at this point she was queen. But she decides to put her life on the line for the sake of other people. When Mordecai utters the famous words in chapter 414, who knows 
whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. She goes into the king and she saves an entire nation of people. How crazy is that? That the sum total of her life positioned her to save a nation. She's not the only one. You have to read the story of Joseph in Genesis 37 through 50. He was 17 years old when he had this dream and he told his brothers and his parents about it. Now, his father knew there was something to the dream immediately, and the Bible says he kept it in mind. But the brothers hated him for it, so much so that they sold him into slavery and told their father that he was dead. And if that was not enough, (laughs) the wife of one of the king's officers lied and said that he tried to seduce her when in reality it was the other way around. And he ended up in prison for something he never even did. He stayed completely estranged from his family in a foreign land until the family experienced a famine and had nowhere to turn but to Egypt, which happened to be the home of their captive brother. That was the only place they could go to find food. By that time, even in exile, Joseph had found favor And because of his position, he was the one who not only provided food for his family, kept them alive, but he brought them to Egypt to live in safety. As much as that whole thing was so crazy and as rough as it was, he saw God in it. In chapter 50, verse 20, here's what he told his brothers. When you sold me to them people and I got captive, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many people alive. So he went through all of that just to save his family and a nation. And then, of course, there's the story of Jesus. He spends his final three lives of years of life pouring out his life. You know, go go back before that. He is God in himself and has to to inhabit decaying flesh. He does that, (laughs) pours out his life, gives him signs, works miracles, and is hounded by the very people that he came to save, even to the point of death. And Paul tells the Romans in chapter 5, verse 6, that after all of that, at just the right time, he died. For those same people who were hounding and harassing him, and also for all of us. What's the point of all this? I I just, let me be clear. I want you to make the decision to pursue Jesus with everything in you. I want that. I want you to understand that he alone is everything you can or will ever need. I want you to know, not just with your head, but with your entire heart and being, That this life in Christ was always far more simple than you ever believed because he is all in all. He's everything. And I want you to hear that and get that, which is why basically that's all I talk about all the time. I want you to respond to that truth with a life laid down. And I want you to abandon every other lover that sits in a place that belongs only to him. 
And if you genuinely and sincerely keep seeking him, he will let you find him. And my desire is that you get to that very place and that very soon. But that does not mean that crazy stuff won't come your way. It does not mean that you won't have to go through anything hard or difficult or unfair. It only means that no matter what we go through, he is worth it. And his strength is enough for us to get through. It means that no matter what we face, it will work together for our good and he will get glory. It means if you continue to seek him, it will all come together and it will click and you will see that he is everything you ever wanted and he is right in front of you and within your reach. And you are going to get it, family. Your appointed time of clarity and understanding that he is all you need is coming. And when it does, I mean, when it really does, your life will be changed forever. And it won't matter what you experience or what you have to go through. When you finally get it, all around you will be strangely dim in the light of his glorious face. And your appointed time is coming. And it's coming soon. So this day, I'm going to end the podcast with a prayer. Father, you paid the most lofty price that could ever have been paid when you gave up your son to death to secure our life. And when you did that, you gave us everything. Everything, Father, and everything is enough. So I pray that every single person that hears this and reads this be flooded with the light of that truth. That the blindness that has shrouded their minds be banished and cleared so that the light of the pure, authentic gospel of the glorious Christ, who is your perfect image, be seen clearly and known as never before. Father, I'm asking you, can you do it swiftly? There's a world waiting. I know you know that. I love you, Lord. Please and thank you. Amen.